everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Good morning to you. So we are talking about the idea of sowing, sowing, sowing uh, the seed of God's word into the good soil of our heart uh, so that God can produce something in and through you and me that we wouldn't be able to do on our own. And so we've been looking at what uh, described in Galatians as the fruit of the Spirit and uh, the attributes of this fruit. And we looked at love and joy and peace and patience. And so now we're looking at kindness. We're looking at kindness. And I can't tell you how I think, I just as, as we kind of been moving along uh, in, in these ideas of the fruit of the Spirit and sowing the seed of the Word of God into the good soil of our heart and how um, just how perfect everything has just really been able to fit in as we've sort of moved along uh, in, this, in this year, in this crazy year that we've had. And, uh, and so as of right now, man, where we're at with this and the idea of kindness, uh, I think is so important, so critically important uh, to where we are right now uh, in this time, in this culture, and, and sort of in, in, a, in a place where uh, it feels so, so divided, so divided, and, and different points of view, and different beliefs, and different ideas, and, and uh, people that are passionate about so many different aspects that maybe you're not passionate about, uh, but you're passionate about areas that other people aren't passionate about. So it's I think that right now, just as uh, Jesus followers, kindness is so important uh, to showing who God is. Because that's ultimately who God is. It, it, God is, was kind to us. And we looked at last week the idea of how kindness and truth came together. And I'm so glad, I hope you are too, that kindness and truth came together. It says that they met and when they met, it was enough for them to, uh, for kindness and truth to pay for, for our iniquities, to pay the atonement for our, our sins. And, and that's good news for all of us because kindness, God's kindness came in and intersected into our lives for us to be able to receive that kindness. Because the scripture teaches us it's the kindness of God. The kindness of God, not the anger of God, not the, you know, the, the, you know, the wrath of God, but it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And so when we show kindness, we show an aspect of God that the world needs to see. So I was uh, going through this story that we're going to look at this morning, and I was just blown away by how many different principles of kindness that, um, that God was really just bringing out in this story. And so um, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take this story and we're going to break down this story into the next two weeks. So we're going to look at the first part of the story this week, the second part of the story next week, and just look at different con concepts when it comes to the idea of kindness and what we can learn um, about kindness in this, in this story. And so the story picks up, and it starts in Acts uh, chapter 9. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, Luke re records the story and describes uh, this particular woman. And he said, and he tells this, this story in Acts 9, he says in verse 36, he says, Now in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in, in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. 
And then he goes on to say in verse 37, Luke, and it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in the upper room. Now, can you imagine that this is a woman who her, you know, epitaph was simply this, that her epitaph was, 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 was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity continually. Like, that was what she was known for. That was what her legacy was. That's when, when she died. That was what, you know, was written on her, on her tombstone, you know, that she was somebody who was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity continually. Like, there was just this over and abundance of the word abounding describes that just this over like above and beyond more than what you would even expect you know when when you thought that that was a lot she doubled it in in the amount of kindness and charity that she would not just do some of the time or part of the time or a little bit of the time but she did it continually. She did it all the time. She was abounding over an abundance amount of deeds of kindness, and she did it continually. She did it continually. I mean, this was somebody. Now, it's, if you can go back, Neva, I, I, go back to verse um, 36, if you could. So she was had sort of what we see in the scriptures. Luke writes that she had sort of, she went by two names, right? She went by the name of Tabitha, but she also went by with her Greek friends. They, they, she was referred to as Dorcas. Now, I, I don't know if that's what, a name that you would want uh, today in this day and age. But that was what she was referred to. By the Greeks, she was referred to as Dorcas. But by her Jewish you know, you know, uh, you know, people, she was referred to as Tabitha. Those who spoke Aramaic, they would refer to as Tabitha. Those who spoke Greek, they refer to as Dorcas. But here's the interesting part. So we know what she was about, right? We know that she was abounding in deeds of kindness and charity, and she did that continually. What's interesting, though, is that she, the reason why Luke wrote down her two names, Tabitha and Dorcas, was because she didn't just do that for her own people. She wasn't just, you know, abundant in her deeds of kindness and charity continually with her own people, where her own people, the Jewish people you know, who spoke Aramaic, they, you know, she was only just kind to that, that nation, those people, the people that looked like her, the people that believed like her, the people that acted like her, you know, the people that had the same you know, political stance as her. She didn't, wasn't just abounding in kindness and charity continually with her own people the people that were like her. She was abounding in kindness and charity continually, not just with her own people, but with the people that didn't believe what she believed, didn't look like her, didn't talk like her, had a different you know, political system than she had, had a different understanding of uh, you know, how to carry themselves in life. They were more, the Greeks were more you know, of a high class people. They, had, they were more of the upper class you know, echelon of, of, of in that society. And she was probably in more of the lower class. But it didn't matter you know, what they looked like, how they talked, or what they believed, or what their you know, position was on politically that she still 
she still exhibited an abounding amount of deeds of kindness and charity, and she did it continually, whether they were her people or not her people. Whether they talked like her or didn't talk like her, whether they believed what she believed or didn't believe what she believed, she still exhibited kindness. Are you with me so far? Are you with me? This is what she was about. This was her life. The epitaph of her life was simply that, abounding with deeds of kindness and charity continually. Now, why was that the case? Why was that the case? Why, how could she look past the fact that they look different than her, talk different than her, believe different than her, you know, had, had an had a orientation of, of things, a predetermined things that were, that were different than her? How was she still able to abound with deeds of kindness and charity continually? Here's why I think this. Here's what I believe that God wants us to see here. She was known more as a disciple than as Tabitha, Aramaic name, or Dorcas, her Greek name. She was known more as a disciple of Jesus than anything else. What she cared more than, about more than, you know, her Aramaic language or her, you know, Jewish heritage or, or, or Greek, you know, philosophies and education. What she cared more than that, more than any of those things, she cared about the fact that she was a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus. Why? Because kindness is seen because it's what disciples do. Kindness was seen in her. Kindness was written about her because that's what disciples of Jesus do. Over and above their position, um, over and above their, the language that they speak, the nation that they're a part of, over and above that, she was first and foremost a disciple of Jesus. Before she identified with any political party or any other religious position, she identified herself as a disciple of Jesus. And kindness was seen in her because that's what disciples of Jesus do. That's what they do. Jesus taught about discipleship, and here's what he said. Jesus talked about what it looked like to be a disciple of Jesus, and he said, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. Then he goes on to say, It is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher, and the slave like his Master. Here's what Jesus would say about discipleship. Discipleship, the goal of discipleship is for the disciple that he become like his teacher. Disciple means learner. It, it mean, you know, and it means student, pupil, it, 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 that idea. And so when he, Jesus is saying, he says, you know what the goal of a disciple is? The goal of the disciple, specifically the goal of the disciple of Jesus is to become like Jesus. That's the goal. So however Jesus was, if you're a disciple of Jesus, that ought to be your goal, is to become like Jesus. Jesus says, here's 
let me describe what a disciple looks like. So Jesus defines disciple for us in Matthew chapter 10. But he says, I want, let me describe what disciple looks like. And here's what he tells them in John chapter 13. He says, a new commandment that I give to you, that you love one another even if I have loved you, that you also love one another. He says, and the disciples that are following Jesus at this time are going, wait a minute, this is not new. We've heard this before. And Jesus said, no, 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 you you haven't heard it this way. Yeah, you're to love one another, but to love one another not as a way that you want to be loved, but to love one another as I have loved you. Not to love one another the way that you want to be loved or the way that people have loved you, but you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. And then look what he says. Look what he says next. By this, by this, by what? Your love for one another as I have loved you. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. He says, listen, you know how people will know? You know how people will know that you're my disciple? Well, A, you're gonna become like the teacher. You're gonna be a student that wants to and desires to be just like the teacher and that's what a disciple of Jesus looks like. He says, and what will people identify you as a disciple over and above anything else is by the way that you love one another and that's exactly what Tabitha did. She cared more about being a disciple than she did about representing her name Tabitha to her Jewish people or her name Dorcas to the Greek people that lived with her. She cared more about being a disciple than anything else in her life. You know, there's a company uh, that that, uh, existed years ago um, called ValueJet. ValueJet, there's their, their logo. In 1996, ValueJet had a, had a crash, a tragic, terrible uh, plane crash in 1996 in Florida that killed 110 people. And so ValueJet, after that, they had a terrible reputation. Obviously, you, you crash your plane, people die, that's not good for business. And so they decided that they were going to purchase, ValueJet was going to purchase another airline, maybe you, uh, which is an airline that still exists today, called AirTran. Anybody ever fly AirTran before? No? Not, no? So they purchased an airline called AirTran, which was a smaller airline. And so because they had a bad reputation as ValueJet, because of the crash that they had, they decided they were going to purchase the small little airline company called AirTran, and they were going to take their name so that they can rebrand themselves because of the reputation that they had as ValueJet. They decided, I'm going to re, we're going to rebrand ourselves. Another company did the same thing. You've probably heard of this company, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken. So for years and years and years, it went by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Until sometime in culture years ago, culture decided that this doesn't sound very healthy. This doesn't sound fried, doesn't sound very healthy. And so this was causing Kentucky Fried Chicken to take a, a major hit. And so Kentucky Fried Chicken decided we need to rebrand ourselves. And now, we, even though they're not really fooling us, now this is their rebranding. They just go by KFC. 
see because they, they want to just not let people see the idea of fried in their name. And so they just go by KFC, KFC. They, what did they had to do? They, had, they were taking a hit based on what the reputation, based on people's perception, based on what people thought of them. And it was preventing people from walking into their store. And they decided we need to rebrand we need to rebrand, and now they go by KFC. Maybe another company called, that started out years ago, it was called Backrub. Backrub. Now, they realized very quickly that this is probably not a great name <laughs> to go by, and so they rebranded themselves, and they're now known as Google. Google. So here's the thing. Whenever it comes to advertisement or marketing or whatever the case may be or, you know, you know, losing, you know, losing consumers, oftentimes it's they have to re look at that and go, we need to rebrand ourselves. We need to rebrand ourselves. We need to identify as something different so that we can now try to gain opportunity we need to try to rebrand ourselves so that we can gain an opportunity to, for, for, to, you know, to have and to carry on our business. Listen, I wonder sometimes if we need to rebrand ourselves. I wonder sometimes if we need to rebrand ourselves. Because, uh, listen, it's one, thing, it's one thing to be a disciple. That's very specific. It's a whole other thing to be identified as a Christian, as a Christian, because Christian, if you say I'm a Christian, if I went around the room and asked you to define what it looks like for you as a Christian, we would get a lot of different definitions just in this small room of people right here. If we took a poll of 100 people, we would get different definition of what a Christian means. And here's what the way that the culture sees Christian in, this, in our culture. Judgmental, homophobic, hypocritical, Exclusive, quarrelsome, hostile, contentious, self-righteous. This is the way that our culture views Christian as a whole, as a whole. And you're like, well, that's not who I am, but we're still a part of this, this thing called Christian. And that's the, that's the view that people have towards Christian. These are the points of view. If you would take a poll and you would ask a non-Christian, a non-believer, somebody that says, you know what, religion isn't really a part of my life, they would describe Christian in this way. This is the reality. But a disciple, a disciple should look something different. A disciple, if you're going to be like Jesus, which is the goal, which is the goal of discipleship, if you're going to love one another the way that Jesus loved one another, this are, these are the characteristics of a disciple. Caring, kind, patient, compassionate, encouraging, giving. These are the attributes. Listen, I wonder if we should consider rebranding. Because there's a lot of different points of view when it comes to Christian, and there's a lot of different descriptions when it comes to the way that people describe Christianity and those who call themselves Christians. But I wonder if we should refer to ourselves, or at least think about ourselves, not as a Christian, but I'm just a disciple of Jesus. And that's vastly different. That's radically different. Because this is not who Jesus was, but this is. This is not me being or you being like 
your teacher, or your master, but this is more. And if Tabitha decided, you know, I just want to identify myself as a Christian, I don't think her epitaph of her life would be abounding with deeds of kindness and charity continually. But instead, she decided, you know what, regardless of whether they're Jew or Greek or whatever their belief system is, I'm going to identify myself as a disciple because a disciple is somebody who is like Jesus and who Jesus is. He's he's caring, he's kind, he's patient, he's compassionate, he's encouraging, and he's generous. And we can go on and on and on to add to the list if you want. But these are the main ideas of who Jesus is. She cared more than anything else, she cared about being identified as a disciple. As a disciple. She's like, I'm just, I'm just a Jesus follower. And as a Jesus follower, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. And as if I'm going to be like him, this is what I want to look like. The other thing is this, kindness simply does not delay because it's God-directed. Kindness simply does not delay because it's God-directed. Now, here's another interesting thing about the two names that Luke records of what she was known by. Tabitha, Aramaic, known by the Jews as Tabitha, By the Greeks, she was known as Dorcas. Her name means, both names, Tabitha, Dorcas, mean the same thing. They mean gazelle. Gazelle. I I know, that's weird, right? It's like, that's strange, but that's what her name meant. And her name meant gazelle. And there's, it's a reason, I think there's an importance to that. And here's a picture of a gazelle. If you're wondering what a gazelle looks like, there's a picture uh, of a gazelle. Now, gazelles are known for things. They're known for their grace, their beauty, and their swiftness. That's what they're known for. They're great if you do a little study on it. And as a matter of fact, you can even do a little Bible study on gazelle in the scriptures. You can even just see, like in Psalm of Solomon, you can just see different descriptions of a gazelle there. But it represents these things, grace, beauty, and swiftness. You know what? Tabitha was about Tabitha was about being swift in demonstrating and showing kindness to any person that she came across she didn't delay she was he was she was known as somebody that was graceful and beauty and and reacted she just reacted she just reacted to wherever it is that I can show some kindness where I can show some love, where I can care about somebody, where I can put somebody else before myself, where I can be sacrificially, you know, sacrificially love that person. That's what she did. She was just quick about it. She was swift about it. It was graceful. It was beautiful. She didn't delay. She just moved on it. You have a need, I'll be there. You, You need somebody to care for you, I'll be there. You need some kindness right now. I don't know what you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. I don't know what your orientation is. It doesn't matter what your orientation is. I don't know where your political stance is. I don't care about that. All I care about is just being Jesus to you because I'm a disciple before I'm anything else. And I'm just going to react swiftly to the kindness of God because that's
that's what people need more than anything else. Not your opinion, not what you think, not where you retain from some false information. That's not what anybody needs. What people need is kindness. And you need to react to kindness before anything else. And that's what she was about. As a matter of fact, she, this was also exhibited in another character in the story that we're now going to be introduced to. And it's a guy that you probably recognize. Okay, and it says in verse 38, Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter, anybody here ever heard of Peter? You've heard of Peter, right? Peter was there. He was in Lida, which was near Joppa. Peter was there sent two men to him, so they sent two men to Peter, who was in Lydda, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. Like Peter, they're like, hey, Tabitha, some P- Nora is Dorcas, but really she was just a disciple just like you, Peter. She died. We prepared her body. We laid her in an upper room. Would you come with us? Would you not delay? Now, if anybody was busy about doing God's work, it was Peter. Would you agree? If anybody was in tune to the spirit of God and what God wanted to do in that person's life and was going about the business of ministry, it was Peter. And here, Peter wasn't too busy. Because look what it says in verse 39. So Peter arose and went with them. Peter's like, let's go. This seems to be God-directed. And if it's God-directed, I'm not going to delay. If God's in this idea of showing you kindness, you got you two disciples that came to me to find me here at Lydda, and we're going to head to Joppa. Listen, I'm not too busy. We don't, I don't really know what Peter was doing, but Peter was just probably going, let's go. If God's in it, I'm with you. If, God, if this is an opportunity to show Jesus, I'm with you. And Peter didn't delay. Peter got up, and he went with them. Because kindness simply does not delay. And the reason why it shouldn't delay for you and me is because it's always God-directed. Don't, we said, we've been saying it for two weeks, don't let yourself be enslaved to your schedule to where you don't have time to show kindness. Leave margin, leave gap in your day for you to be able to take the time and fill that margin with kindness to someone so that you don't have to go, hey, give me, give me an hour and then I'll show up or give me, a, you know, I, you need me, give me more notice. I, I, I didn't have enough notice. You didn't give me enough notice. I, you know, Give yourself enough margin for you to say, I'm not going to delay. If this is God-directed, I'm going. If this is a way for me to show kindness, that's what I'm going to do. And that's what Peter did. If anybody could have had a full schedule of things on his docket to do, it was Peter. But these guys showed up to Peter unannounced, not didn't get a call or a text ahead of time. Hey, we're on our way. Get your stuff together. We need you. 
No, they just showed up to Peter's house and, hey, a disciple just like you, Peter, a disciple, yeah, she died. And we don't know what God wants to do in this, but we, we know that God wants to do a work. Would you be willing to come with us? And Peter's like, let's go. Let's go. I'm not going to delay. Because that's not what Tabitha would do. Because she was like a gazelle. That she was just, whatever you need, I'm there. What, do you, what can I do? I'm there. How can I love? I'm there. How can I show kindness? I'll be there. And she was swift. And it was graceful. And it was beautiful. Because kindness simply does not delay. It's always God-directed. It says in verse, the second part of verse 39, when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room where they laid her, and all the widows stood beside him. All the widows stood beside him. Think about this. Now, widows in that day, in that culture, similar to orphans, were known as those who, in that culture, not today, but in that culture, were, were sort of viewed as outcasts. They were sort of viewed as people who God was angry with because they believed that if something like that happened, if they, were, if they lost their parents and, and they became orphans or if they lost their spouse and they became widows, it was because God was just mad at them. That was their view. And so they were viewed in that way. They were viewed in the fact that they were on the outside of the things of God. And so that's what they were seeing. So here we have the scene where Peter's now in the upper room and he's standing beside him are widows. They're widows. Now, we don't really know for sure, but it was possible that Tabitha was also a widow. It could have been, it could have been that she was also somebody that you know, was able to find relationship and fellowship and community with other widows and those widows they just had this strong bond with each other and so when she passed away they're with Peter standing with Peter and that's who was in the room with him here's this simple concept here kindness is standing with people in their distress kindness is standing with people in their distress. James writes it this way, the brother of Jesus, here's what he says. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress. James says, let me just simplify religion for you. As a matter of fact, like not Christian, not Christian, anything, you know, religion, no, 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 no. Let me just tell you what pure Religion, undefiled religion, what brings joy to God the Father is this. He says, it's to visit orphans and widows in their distress. It's not like sacramental, you know, sacrificial, you know, you know, things. It's not, you know, the amount of attendance you have, you know, at, at a church or how many prayers you pray in a day. It's not how many scriptures you memorize. No, no, no. That's not what James would say is pure religion. James would say it's to simply just visit orphans and widows in their distress. Because orphans and widows feel like they're on the outside of God, but 
real disciples want those people to feel like they're not on the outside of God, that there is a father, which is he describes, there's a father in heaven who loves them. No matter what, there's a father in heaven who knows what they're going through. There's a father in heaven who feels their pain. There's a father in heaven who understands their, their suffering and their distress. And so somebody that has pure religion, and in our terms, somebody who is a disciple of Jesus, simply just go and visit. And they care and they show kindness. And they don't delay in that, they do it immediately. Because this is who Jesus was. And even in their distress, pure religion, a disciple, they show kindness in that way. And here they are, their widows are standing with Peter and because that's who Tabitha was swift about loving, caring for. It says in verse, this next part of verse 39 in Acts 9, 39, look what they were doing. They were weeping and showing all the tunics and the garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. So this is the scene. They're in the upper room. Peter's standing there. We don't know who else other than just a bunch of widows. And these widows are described as, by Luke as weeping. And then they were showing all the tunics and the garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. This is, this is such a beautiful picture, right? It's, here's this woman, Tabitha, just seeing these widows and looking at them individually and going, Wow, boy. Mary would just look beautiful with this shade of dress, of tunic or garment, right? Can you, can you picture it? She's imagining, wow, Rebecca, man, her eyes would just pop if she was wearing this, this blue garment that I'm going to stitch for her, that I'm going to wove together for her. She was literally weaving in their lives just as she was weaving together a garment for these widows to wear. Do you see the picture? She was intersecting, just like thread intersecting into each other. She was woven into their lives and specifically finding a, a design for them to wear, for them to feel better about themselves. Because she's maybe thinking, you know, Sarah just lost her husband a year ago, and I know that she loves this floral print, and I'm going to make something for her with this floral print because this might put a smile on her face after losing her husband not too long ago. She was specifically finding ways to which she, should, she, she can show kindness to these widows in their distress. And what she was doing was she was sowing kindness. But what she was actually doing, literally, this is what she was figuratively and spiritually doing, sowing kindness. What she was literally doing was sowing kindness. Do you like what I did there? 
She was literally sowing kindness to them. And how you sow kindness, whether you want to look at it as S-O-W-I-N-G, or what she was doing specifically by sowing kindness, S-E-W-I-N-G, she, was, she had a tender heart for people. So if you want to be a person that's sowing kindness or sowing kindness, you need to have a tender heart for people. Not just people like you, believe like you, act like you, talk like you, but people. To have a tender heart for people. You also need to have thoughts of kindness. So you need to have a tender heart for people, but you also have to have, you have to be thoughtful. Have you ever heard that before? You need to be thoughtful. Like tender heart for people, starting point, thoughtful of other people. How can I, how can I show kindness? How can I sow kindness? And so for Tabitha, it was like, I can do some sewing, and I can see that each of these women have these needs. I can see that they would, they would really enjoy and love these particular garments and these tunics that I can provide for them. And so she literally sewed kindness to them. Why? Because she had a tender heart for people, and she was thinking of them often. And then she took action. She's like, it's one thing to have a tender heart for people. It's another thing to think about doing kindness. It's a whole other thing to take action. And she did. She took action. I'm not just going to say that I love people. I'm not just going to think about doing something kind for somebody. I'm actually going to take action. And that's what she did. And you know what else she did? It was tangible and it was personal. It was tangible and it was personal. Kindness, this is not rocket scientists, people. Like kindness and taking action. This is, you know, writing a note to your loved one and leaving it, you know, with them in their lunch. This is maybe writing some words of encouragement on a post-it note and leaving it somewhere in a public bathroom maybe or writing a handwritten note to somebody, a thank you note for, for, to somebody for doing something kind for you, thanking them for that. This is just, I mean, come on, this is tangible stuff. This is just smiling and saying hello to a stranger. I mean, we could go on and on and on about tangible and personal things that we should do. This is buying a cup of coffee for somebody. This is paying for the person behind you. I mean, it's endless. I don't even want to insult you by continually having to give you examples of how to show kindness. Because it's really that tangible and it can be really personal. You know, oftentimes, and my kids even now are catching on and they joke about it now. So over the years, I stand up here, talk to you for 40 so minutes, and I oftentimes try to share some things personally that I like. It's always interesting that sometimes I'll share some things that I like. For example, a couple weeks ago, I shared about how I can just open up 
a bag of Better Made barbecue chips and just eat the whole bag if I'm not careful. I got loaded with Better Made barbecue chips after that weekend. Like I had people just handing me Better Made barbecue chips. And so my kids are starting to catch on. So my kids are like, Dad, can you say that you like Oreos? Because they want, they want you to show me kindness because I shared something that I enjoy personally. I remember a couple years ago, I shared that I love hot tamales, and I got bags and bags of hot tamales. I've shared that I like fireballs, those cinnamon fireballs. Those are amazing. I, I've been, people hand me you know, buckets of, of fireballs. I mean, I, I, you know the kind of coffee that I like, right? Most of you can tell me what kind of coffee. I like a large Tim Hortons triple triple that's what I like people know when I meet them for coffee I already got your coffee pastor here's your large triple triple they got why because they know me personally and they're able to do a tangible thing of kindness easily well this is what we ought to be doing that we ought to be showing and demonstrating individual, tangible, personal kindness to people and appreciate what they do. This is what she did. Widows, I can sew. Let me put a smile on their face because I know what each of them need and I know what each of them would love. And it was just a tangible thing like a tunic or a garment that she put on them. Nathan Jordan, come here for a second, guys. Nathan and Jordan, these are brothers, obviously, twins. They look a lot alike, a whole lot alike. But they're two amazing, unique individuals. They really are. I am, now I don't live with them, and I'm happy about that. But I am, as a pastor, proud of these guys because these are some young guys graduated from high school this year. Excited. Yeah, yeah, mom and dad are in the back, excited, pumped. We're all pumped for them. So we're proud of them because they, had, they just achieved this amazing accomplishment of graduating. We're so proud of, proud of them for that. I'm proud of them as a pastor and Juan and Chris and Kim and other staff, we're just so grateful for them because these guys are like willing and just wanting to serve you. Nathan, we just pulled Nathan off of the soundboard. Nathan's up on the soundboard trying to make me sound better and doing a great job doing that. And he's been doing this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we did, normally we have one gathering. We now have two gatherings, so the commitment is more there. And Nathan, and the Jordan, the, Jordan the same. Jordan is a, you see Jordan up on stage singing and 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 dancing and and doing the things that Jordan just we love about Jordan. And and they're two people that look alike, but they're two uniquely individual people. And so. I wanted to, as a, an appreciation for us as a church, and, and, and I wanted just to thank you guys for what you guys do and what you guys bring to this ministry. You guys make us better as a church, and I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so grateful to be your pastor. I've literally known them since they were little babies, and I've just been thrilled to see 
how they've grown up. We all have maturity to do still. We're all in that process, but how they're growing up and they just want to honor God at the in the bottom line, they just want to honor God in their lives. And so I'm proud of you guys for that. So I got you guys some things. So Nathan, come over here, Nathan. So Nathan, again, he's, he's his own guy. Nathan, he likes Mountain Dew, right? So there you go, Nathan. You got some Mountain Dew. Oh, you can hold it. Yeah, you can hold it. Nathan also is a big fan of Frito Chili Cheese. Uh, there you go. Yep. And uh, Nathan, I heard, I heard you got some earrings. So I got you some earrings. These are, you got some unicorns and some diamonds. There you go. I got, those are unicorns and some, some purple diamonds in there. I heard you like Burger King, so I got you some Burger King. And you, you have, you like tattoos and like playing games. And so I, so he, that's what he, so I got him some gaming tattoos and I'll put on, put one on with you uh, later if you want to do that. So here you go. Put your stuff in your bag. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, guy. Jordan, 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 he, Jordan's not a um, Mountain Dew guy. He probably drinks, but he prefers Sprite. Um, and so, uh, Jordan, I, I'm sorry, but one of my kids thought that these were sprites for them, and they had one of them yesterday. So, I owe you, I owe you a sprite. Uh, Jordan, did you get earrings? Okay, here you go, Nathan. Here's some more earrings for you. Okay, all right. Kit, uh, we hear Jordan likes Kit Kats, so there you go, Jordan. Like some Kit Kats. Yep. Jordan also likes tattoos, and so he was, uh, for us, and in one of our skits, he was uh, Black Panther from Marvel. So, I, Oh, you were Black Panther. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were Spider-Man. I knew you were one of, yeah. So it's still hard to keep him individually different. But then Taco Bell, you're a big fan of Taco Bell, so, so there you go. So guys, listen, we're just, give them a round of applause, guys. They're... This is, these are just simple, tangible, personal things. They're the same looking, but they're different individuals. And guys, just as a way just to say thank you and to show you guys some kindness, just like you've shown us some kindness, I just wanted to make it personal for you. And we're just so grateful for you. So guys, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. Air hugs, air hugs, air hugs, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's just what she was about, Tabitha. That was a picture of that. Hey, we appreciated somebody. We wanted to encourage somebody. And so we, can did, we did that. We had a thought. That thought took action. And that thought that took action was very tangible and very personal. And so for us, let's sow some of that kindness. For you, maybe it's an S-E-W, but for all of us, it's an S-O-W. Let's sow some of that kindness. God, thanks for the day. Thanks for the opportunity that we had to learn just a portion of the story about a woman who didn't look at people, didn't look at the differences, just loved, just showed kindness she had a tender heart for people. And so God, she didn't just think about those things. She took action with those things. And she made them personal. And she made them tangible. And so God, I pray, Lord, that that's the example 
that we have, not because we identify ourselves as a Christian, but because we identify ourselves as a follower of your son Jesus. And that's exactly what he did. He tailor-made, he tailor-made opportunities to show kindness to every individual person that he came across. And God, I pray, Lord, that we do the same, that we tailor-make our kindness to people because we love people in the same way that you loved us. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.